coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. And I would say that's probably the case with any new entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're afraid and they're, they're like micromanaging that aspect of the business, and which, which I would say a lot of us entrepreneurs, we do. And looking at it and seeing 52 franchisees go through it, it's like, look, there's, there's a process. And, and, and I tell them, your website is an infant. It's a baby. Nobody knows who it is. Yeah. Google, Bing, Yahoo, all that. That's, that's, it's a popularity contest. Nobody knows about your baby. Nobody cares about your baby. Nobody sees it. Nobody, nothing. And in order to get that popularity up and to get people to see it, you have to pay some money to get out there. Yeah. At least yeah. the first 12 to 18 months. Then after that, then you've earned the right to be on page one. Yeah. Until then, it's going to be a struggle for you to get to that point. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Aaron Marshall, who is the CEO of Key Renter. Key Renter is a franchised property management platform company. Aaron decided to take the franchise route with his property management company, and he's got many different locations across the country and is in continuing to expand into new markets across the country. So really interesting, if you if you have a business model that you feel that you've perfected, franchising might be a good solution for you. So we dive into a little bit of what Aaron has done and how he's growing that franchise model, that franchise opportunity. So again, if you're interested or thinking about franchising, this is going to be an episode that you're going to want to tune into. Or if I guess actually, if you also have an interest in property management, this also might be uh, an episode that you may want to listen to. But what we also got into is something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't necessarily talk about. And that is taking care of yourself, making sure that you know, you're being taken care of. When Aaron was younger, Aaron's been in uh, business for himself for many, many years. He went through some bad times, as all entrepreneurs do, but it really impacted his health. So we get into some of those things that he realized today that he wished that he had done differently when he was going through that. So this is an episode that spans many different industries, many different business types, and even gets into some of the health challenges and and ways that entrepreneurs need to really take care of themselves. So we really talk about a lot of different things in this episode. I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce. Oh, wow. I would say not that great. Never wanted to be there. I always had other things to do, either work or play with my friends. And we never had great food. (laughs) Did you have any siblings or anything? Did you grow up? Yes. So I grew up about 20 miles north of Salt Lake City. Okay. 
and uh, I had a younger brother, older brother, and then an older sister. Cool, very cool. And and so we were talking in the green room. It, it sounds like you have had entrepreneurial tendencies pretty well your entire life. Talk a little bit about what you used to do to make money, you know, as as a child. Yeah, I think well, if I could back up just a little bit, I think it came from my grandpa. Uh, he owned a business in Colorado, and I always wanted to be like my grandfather. And so growing up, I mean, I, I eight years old instead of nine years old, instead of going and watch cartoons, I was going around the neighborhood trying to see if I could weed people's flower beds uh-huh. because they wouldn't hire. I tried first to mow the lawn, so they're like, oh, no, you're too young. And so I was like, all right, well, I, I'm going to break into this somehow, some way. And so I broke into it by weeding what nobody else wanted to do. And uh, from there, I, I sold fireworks on this little fireworks stand I, I made uh, in front of my house, which is totally legal. I, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. But that, what I, I, I just, I, I, re- I remember selling all kinds of things growing up. I got my paper out when I was 12 years, I think 11, 11 or 12 years old. And then uh, I let that go when I was 13 to go work on a farm. And I made like, 400 500 bucks the whole year on this farm wow but did you enjoy it yeah i did and i i was like the young buck i had approved to the the like the old farmer guy because he was probably 90 years old that uh, i was a good worker and it was interesting i was out there picking if it's radishes or cucumbers or whatever it was that we had to put in big heavy boxes or a big five gallon buckets Lots of times people just like really looked up to me. Here I am, this 12, 13-year-old kid, actually 12, because he's supposed to be 13, to work on a farm, at least here in the state of Utah. They would give me their buckets. And so I kept going up, and you got paid by the number of buckets or the number of pounds of product that you brought to the scale or at the end of the row. And then from there, they put it on, on the truck. And so I would just kept going back and forth and I ended up having three, four people picking for me while, cause they didn't want to make the trek down at the end of the row. And so I got credit for all of it. Uh, it may, might have only been 50 cents or a dollar or whatever it was back then, but it was just interesting. Like I just, I learned to work hard at the very beginning early on. I think I, I learned a little bit of that from my father. He yeah. wasn't much of a communicator, but I would give it to him that he works. He worked really, really hard and didn't complain with anything, any chore that he had to do. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I love that. So, so what happened? You, 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 you went to high school. Did you graduate? Did you go to college? Yep. So I went to high school. Had two jobs my senior year, not just one, two jobs, and then I was after that kind of went in limbo. Did a, had a roofing. Like I was a foreman on a with a roofing company. And then from there, went on a, a service mission for my church for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then came home. I love restaurants. And so I, I both before uh, that service mission as well as after the service mission, I, I would work in restaurants. To me, it was how, how can I get that tab up? I calculate I got 27 cents more for a tip if I gave them, if I could just increase one more beer. Yeah, And it was just interesting. I mean, I, I love serving people. And it, to me, it was very easy. My goal was to give them what they want before they asked. So uh, I kind of did that, met a gal uh, right after I came home. I didn't know what I was going to do in life. 
and uh, this gal seemed to know what she was doing. She was going to college, and so I, I seriously, that is the reason why I went to college. Okay. I wanted to impress this gal. I wanted yeah. to let her think I knew what I was doing in life. In reality, I knew nothing. I, I, yeah, I was a hard worker, but I didn't want know what I wanted to do in life. So I, I finished college because that was my excuse during those five, six years. You kind of get a pass. And then after college, everybody asked my wife or myself, hey, what are you doing? I know you graduated, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I didn't have a job. But so kind of during that time, the last semester, I took a real estate course. And I was like, I love this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go get my real estate license. And I told my wife and she's like, no, look, we have one one year old. We got another baby on the way. We have zero money. We're living in her her grandma's house because we can't afford rent anywhere. We were supposed to pay six hundred dollars a month there. We couldn't even pay it. I think in two years we probably paid six months of rent. Because yeah. Yeah. Um, I just we we had no money, and so I, that is when I was trying to get a job with Rubbermaid. I was talking to you about that uh, mm-hmm. in, in kind of right before in the green room, and having this gentleman tell me that no, you don't want to work for me. You don't want a job. Devastated me for a few seconds. I was like, what? Like, I got to like show my, my wife now. We have one, by then, I think we had one kid or maybe two kids, but they were very young. No insurance besides the government insurance, the state insurance. And having this guy tell me, no, I don't want to work for him. I'm like, I, I was willing to do anything for a job yeah. to make money. Yeah. And he told me, no, you're an entrepreneur. I can't hire you because the risk of having training you and then having you leave in such a short amount of time, it'll cost me too much. Yeah. Go do what you love. Go be an entrepreneur. I was just like, holy cow. That, that to this day is the best advice I've ever had. And I, I've never met that guy. Those phone, they were, the interviews were just over the phone. I was so glad that he did that. And then yeah. from there, I got in, into real estate, uh, essentially September 11th, maybe it was September 8th, somewhere in there, 2001, been in real estate wow. since then. And I, I mean, I've adjusted and pivoted a little bit because I was at one point selling about three, 400 homes a year, 40 homes a month. And it was just too much for me and moved on. And I've had a couple other businesses during that time as well. I thought I'd since real estate and plumbing so similar, yeah, I thought I'd try a plumbing business. Well, that lasted five months. Okay, and I lost two hundred forty-two thousand dollars. Yeah, did you did you try to acquire another business, or was it was it something that you just tried to start on your own, or? Yeah, so I found this ad for a guy that wanted a partner, wanting a funding guy. He was going to start his own, and so I was like, oh, I'll I'll invest in this guy. Little did I know, he thought I had a an open wallet, an endless amount of cash. Yeah. And he just kept spending money. And three months in, I was like, holy shit, I got to like hop into this and really rein things in. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And then a month and a half later, I was just like, I'm done. Like I, I've got to just shut this down. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So I, I want to go back real quick to you. You mentioned that that gentleman saw that you were an entrepreneur and we, we, again, we kind of touched on this in the green room, you know, I think a lot of people are sort of blind to that until they're actually in entrepreneurialism for quite a while, because we both agreed that you can certainly see when someone has that drive and that initiative, 
where they probably wouldn't make a very good employee, but you know, they, they have what it takes to be able to, you know, make it out on their own. So, so he gave you the gift of entrepreneurialism by opening up your minds or open up your mind to that. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm always very eager to be able to tell people, you know, pretty well the same thing. And I'm sure you probably are as well to, you know, help them on their way, help them, you know, sort of give them a, a kick in the ass to be able to get them going in the direction that they actually should be going rather than, oh, I can't do that. And that's really the whole, whole idea behind, you know, past the secret sauce. We want to be able to make sure that, you know, as many people take that entrepreneurial leap that, you know, possibly can. So, so I'm glad yeah. that you told that. I'm glad that you told that story. So, so you started, you've started a couple of companies. Were you working for a broker at, at, in the beginning when you were selling 400 houses or were, did you start your own brokerage or how, how did that? So I, I did have my own brokerage and then I learned being your own broker uh, is a good way to be broke because <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of the lead babysitter. And so I, I switched over and, and was with Keller Williams for 13 years. Mm-hmm. People would always tell me, Aaron, you make more money if you'd go out on your own, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, look, I'm doing 40 deals a month. If I had to hire a, just a transaction coordinator to keep track of all that, yeah. that cost me more than my cap over at Keller Williams. Yeah. I was like, no, like I'm, I, I had my own office away from the Keller Williams office. I had my own team office that was probably about 10 miles south. But yeah, so I, I was there for 13 years. Now I have my own brokerage again, but I do a deal or two. I'd say maybe a, a handful or two deals a year. Okay. Um, I sold my business to a few of my assistants. Just I woke up one day in 2013 and I was like, I'm done. And I had a radio show at, uh, that was going on, airing every week on one of the most popular radio stations uh, in, in the state. I had radio ads going with some really high caliber national profile uh, radio talk show guys, making a lot of money, having a lot of deals coming in, a lot of leads. And I was just, I was done with it. That's, uh, that's actually where I, w- I wanted to ask, how did you, I mean, how did you generate all of that traffic? I mean, doing 40, 40 deals a month as you were, you know, a, a, a realtor, that's, that's a hell of, a, of an influx of, of that. How did, you, how did you generate that? How did you start all of that? So at the very beginning, I started it from bank owns or REOs mm-hmm. back in like 07, well, not 07, uh, 08. That was by far my most profitable year in 08. Mm-hmm. And then by 2010, I could see the writing on the wall. I, I wanted to make sure I, I brought in both aspects, both the bank as well as the consumer. So then I started the radio show, started the radio ads. And so as an influx to me early on, when I first started real estate, I got connected with this real estate brokerage and they're like, oh, Aaron, you're, you're going to be closing so many deals. We work with investors. They, they put ads in the newspaper. This was back in 01, 2002. We help all these investors buy real estate properties. Mm-hmm. I must have written a hundred offers. Finally, nine months after I got my real estate license, I got my first deal. Closed. Wow. Yeah. I was like, this sucks. Yeah. I'm not going to be on the buyer's side. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to be on the seller's side. At least I know my property will sell as long as it's priced right and it's in a condition that it should be. Yeah. And so after that experience, I made that switch so that I could be the seller of those bank owns or short sales. And then in 09, 2010, I could be the seller of, I, I call it the consumer side. 
just your average Joe looking to uh, sell their home. And so that's when I got into the radio ads as well as the, the radio show uh, on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it. So you you mentioned also in the green room that right around that same time, you know, it was a very, very stressful time for you as well. What, what was creating all of the stress? Was it just having so many leads coming in and so much to process and so much to do? What, what was your... No, it was actually the opposite. I love real estate. And it wasn't so much that, like in 2010 is where I had a ton of stress. And it was from the damn plumbing business. Uh, I and and I had I I felt like I had a well-oiled machine. I'm like, yeah, I could do something else. Like I'm I'm an oper- an entrepreneur. Let's let's try something else. So I tried the 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 uh, plumbing business, and here it is, middle of May, and and I tell my wife because our sanctuary or kind of getaway is Hawaii, mm-hmm. and and I tell my wife, I'm like, honey, we really need to go to Hawaii. She's like, oh, okay, well, let's see if we can get something planned, maybe October, middle of October. I'm like, no, hon, you don't get it. I really have got to get the hell away. I've yeah. got to go to Hawaii just to relax. So in three weeks later, we were in Hawaii. It took me about seven days to just decompress and get it to where I could enjoy the other three days of mm-hmm. being in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah. it, it, was, it was bad. And did you, uh, did you have any any, like personal care type routines or anything like that? Were you the type that would do any like meditation, workout, or was it always, you know, and again, that can mean a bunch of different things. I mean, massages, you know, could mean a bunch of different things for different people, but, but were you, you know, just so focused and only working on the business, you know, basically the entire time, did you not really take any time for yourself? Would you say? For the most part, I didn't take a whole lot of time. And I think that entrepreneurs, I think that is a flaw that we have. We, we focus so much on our desired outcome and our motivation and drive and where we want to go, we forget about ourselves. Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business? Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, give Virtus Technology a call today. Yeah, There's a very successful entrepreneur here locally. He owned the Utah Jazz. He owns all the movie theaters around here in the state of Utah. He owns just dozens and dozens of apartment buildings, office buildings, all of that. Well, he made it to the age of, I believe it was 64, 65 years old because he didn't take care of himself yeah. for lunch every day he would eat a Snickers. Yeah. And we just, I, I think that's something it's still to this day, even with the health issues that I told you about. Yeah. Yes. I, I love going out riding my bike for 20, 30 miles, pedal bike or my motorcycle, either one, but it's, it's more than that. And, and I've got to be in the sauna. And so I try to spend time now, 
but now I'm trying to get in front of the train. Yeah. Whereas before, if I would take time, then I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. Yeah. So I, I wish I did take that time on, on myself. I would get a massage every so often, go out, ride my bike, especially on the weekends, stuff like that. But it just, I don't think it was an enough me time to re- release that stress, that, that energy to kind of go back to the grind. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, and, and I completely agree. I think that a lot of people do get so caught up because I mean, these businesses are kind of our babies, right? You know, that we want to yeah. spend as much time on them as we possibly can and make sure that everything is going as smoothly as you can. But, uh, you know, looking back, you know, you, you've gone, you went through that experience and we'll get into, I mean, you, you still have a great story, you know, after there, that. There's, so, there's another um, one as well, because you said stress. The other most stressful time in life was with the business that I'm doing now. I'm, I'm six years in, mm-hmm. and about a year and a half to four years in, here I have this partner that is trying to tell me to shut the business down. Mm-hmm. I mean, here I am. The last business, I was 242. I lost 242,000. Yeah. Now at this business, at this time, now I'm 700,000 in. Today I'm about 1.5 million in of my own money. But I have this partner that's kind of going against me and trying to get the business to shut down. Yeah. And that really played, it really played with my mind. I knew it could be successful. I knew where it could be. Today, it's, we, we do a million dollars in sales a month yeah. to franchise. We have 52 locations throughout the country. It's more than break even. It's, it's a profitable business. He wants to be a part of it now. Yeah, yeah. Didn't want to be a part of it then. Yeah. And and so I think it's both of those two, I mean, very stressful. The first stressful situation with the plumbing business, I think, prepped me. I, I think if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have been able to go through the second one with the franchise mm-hmm. and, and building that franchise system. So I yeah. think our life experiences help us throughout the throughout our lives on getting to the next stage or getting to the next thing in life. And I'm glad I had both of those. It's changed me as a person as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and looking back on those different situations, do you handle stress differently today? Do you, do you, I mean, I, I understand like taking time, you know, we were talking about some of the things and some of your routines and that, that you do today, but do you, do you actually internalize stress differently today? Do, do you not get as worried about different things, different situations? With my health issues at the end of the day, my goal is to live to live another day yeah. and, and to live life. And so I would say, yeah, I mean, there's really not a much that can get to me or, or piss me off or make me angry. It's just, yeah, yeah I'm still yeah. alive. Yeah. And, and exactly. so I look at it that way. Two years ago, no, it, it wasn't that way. Or five years ago, 10 years ago, it was, it was totally different. But that you, we've got to take care of ourselves. Uh, if not, life's going to creep up with us. And God has a way of slowing us down one way or another. Yeah. 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 Very, very interesting. So, so key renter, talk a little bit about what key renter is. And, and you, you mentioned that it's a franchise and, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, how you got into that. Obviously you've been in real estate, talk about key renter, what it is, what it, how it's different. And, and, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about that business. So we started the key renter franchise business back in 07 and that was just our one office. And then we started franchising in 2014. We started it in 07 because I was 
I was bored. Nobody was buying. Nobody was selling real estate. It was kind of that part where right be, the crash was about to happen. Nobody was doing anything. And uh, so I started doing that and, and had my partner help out on that. He wasn't my partner at that time. I was the financial person and engine, and he, he was kind of the manager and, uh, of, of the property management side. After I got rid of my real estate division in 2013, I wanted a new endeavor, and an attorney came to me and told me, hey, I can help you franchise this if you want. Somehow he learned down the grapevine that that was uh, something I wanted to do. So I was like, oh, yeah, how, how hard can that be? I'll put a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars aside, and we'll, we'll we'll get this off and going. And got sued at the very beginning from a competitor not wanting us to get into the space. Mm-hmm. So that kind of took a little bit of uh, energy out. But just at, at this point, I, I would say what make now we're at fifty-two uh, locations throughout the country. I really love what I do in helping other people. They may not have as much entrepreneurism as as I do or get up and go, but I really love helping them build their business. And that's, I mean, I love, I'm passionate about what I do. I I love helping them do that. And kind of what sets us apart a little bit, I've tried to take away, well, at the beginning, I've tried to differentiate us with our competitors. People hate marketing, the digital marketing side. So we've taken that away from our franchisees. Uh, Most entrepreneurs are horrible at accounting including me. Yeah. But if, if you want one way to have your business shut down, property management business shut down in most states throughout the country, it's be sloppy on your accounting. Yeah. And so we hire internal accountants to help our franchisees with both their business books, as well as the trust accounting, which the state aud- can audit every so often. And so really trying to take that, that, the screening process at the very beginning, trying to take things that aren't relation, uh, relationship-wise, trying to take those things off of our franchisees' plates mm-hmm. and help, help them so that they can put more time and effort into, what, into those relationships, either the owners or the tenants or the vendors that's helping and doing repairs and stuff, really putting that time and effort with them as well as their staff on those items there. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why we've been able to be so successful and get to where we're at right now. Most franchises don't get to 50 franchisees within 10 years. Yeah. Here we are just uh, breaking through our, our uh, year six. And uh, our goal is by the end of 2023, be at 100, 125 franchisees by, by the end of the year that, uh, of 2023. That's great. And, and how are you finding the, the franchisees? What is there, are you, do you have a marketing campaign or is like, how do you, how do you attract the people that, that, you know, could potentially be interested in key renter? Yeah. So good question. So with that, we do have a marketing campaign. So about half of our franchisees, we come on board that come on board with us are from our own marketing efforts, Google pay-per-click being LinkedIn, some of those ads and email campaigns. And then the other half come in from uh, franchise brokers. Before getting into the franchise space, I never knew there was franchise brokers. Yeah. That's all they do. Some of the real estate brokers, but they just they sell franchises to entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And so the other half comes from them. And there's yeah. about a dozen different groups throughout the country. We're with about five or six of those that we have relationships with. So they bring us clients as well. 
So, so say that I'm interested, do I, do I need to have any kind of a background or anything like that in order to be, you know, a, a franchisee of yours? You know, does it obviously help having real estate or, you know, what is, what is that typical background, I guess, look like for, for your franchisees? Yeah. Good question. I'd say half of our franchisees have zero real estate experience, which real estate experience does help, but if you don't have it, that's fine. You do have to get your real estate license though. Mm -hmm. And so you do have to do that. Well, you have to do that in 45 of the 50 states. We want you to get your, uh, your real estate license before you open so you can receive referral fees, stuff like that. But yeah, it's that. And then once you come on board, we, we, hold every, we hold everybody's hands, every franchisee's hands, one to the opening date. And then once they are open, we have a coach to coach them that first year to really get them where we want that, where, where they want to be at the end of those 12 months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I, great. I, I'd say one of the hardest things for our franchisees is to spend money on marketing. I, and, and, I, and I would say that's probably the case with any new entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're afraid and they're, they're like micromanaging that aspect of the business. Uh, which, which I would say a lot of us entrepreneurs, we do, and looking at it and seeing 52 franchisees go through it, it's like, look, there's, there's a process. And, and, and I tell them, your website is an infant. It's a baby. Nobody knows who it is. Yeah. Google, Bing, Yahoo, all that, that's, that's, it's a popularity contest. Nobody knows about your baby. Nobody cares about your baby. Nobody sees it, nobody, nothing. And in order to get that popularity up and to get people to see it, you have to pay some money to get out there. Yeah. At least yeah. the first 12 to 18 months. Then after that, then you've earned the right to be on page one. Yeah. But until then, it's going to be a struggle for you to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, couldn't agree more. Did you, do you guys help like with website design? Is that all part of it as well? So, so sort of all, yep. you know, that that's all sort of hands off for them. We, or all we part create of the, the website for them. We do all the social media stuff. We create like Yelp, Google, my business, Facebook. We, we do all those manage those. If, because in property management, it's not, if you get a negative review, it's when, but uh, when there's a negative review, we help, we call up the franchisee. We help respond to that. We're the highest rated in most markets. We're the highest rated property management company via Google My Business. We are the highest rated franchise or companies within a franchise nationwide within Google My Business as well, because it's, it's something that we track a lot. In yeah. this day and age, I, I, I talk to people, especially our franchisees, and uh, I, when I bring them in a room and we talk about the reviews and stuff like that, I, I use Amazon as an example. Well, first I ask who started it. Usually people always think Amazon. No, it wasn't Amazon. Yeah, it's Apple. Oh, oh, Apple? Apple started it with the brand new iPhone back in 2000. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then Amazon quickly adopted reviews after that. Yeah. But I asked them, when you go buy a product, if it's a dollar or if it's $100, what do you do before you go look at before you buy the product yeah, it's all about half the, the rooms like well i go look at the negative reviews yeah the other half no I, I don't care about the negative reviews i go look at the positive reviews well at the end of the day almost 100 percent of you are saying you go look at the reviews yeah negative reviews can help just like positive reviews help yeah that's where we are in today's age that's for a hundred dollar product well we're managing a half million dollar house or two hundred fifty thousand dollar house 
how much more important is that? Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Aaron, this has been fantastic. If, if people want to learn more about you, your, your services, what would be the best way for them to, uh, to reach out and get in touch? So reach out to me, my email, Aaron at keyrenter.com. If you have any questions, anything I can help answer, there are a few. If you want to follow me with my health journey, you can just Google my name, Aaron Marshall Cancer, and that will come up. There's been quite a few articles on that uh, with the New York, or sorry, with the Washington Post and some other large publications there. I do have a book, Cashflow is King. I love real estate. I've bought and sold real estate almost every way you possibly can. Notes, bank foreclosures directly from the bank, like the notes, short sales, auctions, county steps, every way you can. And I kind of go through a little of that in, in that book. But at the end of the day, to me, it's all about cash flow. So uh, there as well as just Aaron J. Marshall on Instagram, or you can follow me on Facebook. I love Aaron V. Marshall. And the V is there because my team name for the real estate was The Marshall. The Marshall. Huh. Yep. I like it. I like it. Well, Aaron, many, many thanks for thank you for the time. Thank you for the you know, all the insights and, and experiences that you've gone through. I look forward to seeing what you do next and uh, wish you nothing but success with Key Renter and anything else you may get to in life and good luck with, with the health and everything as well. So thank you, Matt. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.